We can begin. <laughs> Are you ready <laughs> to go back? <laughs> do you want to continue staying here or you, do you want to go home? Firstly, Seattle would like to thank everyone who made this retreat possible. Everyone who did all the organization, the managers, the people who worked behind the scenes way before this retreat ever began. Um, he would like to thank everyone. And he also thanks all of you. Because you because you have practiced and he can see how um, enthusiastically you all practice. He feels very encouraged by your practice and uh, he feels it has been very wholesome. At the end of every retreat, he says this to the yogi, so he said he'll just repeat that. Seattle says, delusion is very happy when we say the retreat is over. No, 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 no. Retreat is over, no? meditation is over. <laughs> <laughs> or we've finished the meditation retreat. Yeah. Uh, but Sarah says, although the retreat might be over, we should not stop meditation, meditating. Whenever he went home from going on retreat with his teacher, his teacher would always remind him to continue practicing at home. But he never did. <laughs> at home it was home mind. And he just got lost in that. But every time he did go on retreat, he threw himself fully into the practice. So he learned a lot. He was quite skillful at practicing. So by the time he needed to use it in his life, he was able to. Life came to a um, state in which uh, meditation was his last resort, and he had to he had to take it. Resort to that. But when he finally began to meditate at home, is when he began to understand the true nature of meditation. Because the mind 
comes and goes, rises and passes away. He began to understand that if he wasn't constantly um, cultivating wholesome states of mind and wholesome minds, then the unwholesome would slowly creep back in. If we reflect on our lives and how much of our lives we've allowed wholesome um, wholesome minds to be inhabit us versus how much time we are with unwholesome states of mind. And the balance is often that we have had consciously or unconsciously more unwholesome states of mind um, in ba- than wholesome. The mind is like a stream and mostly the stream is a stream of unwholesome. So through that stream we um we attempt to 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 row upstream. And we have to row very hard. The moment we stop rowing we get swept down by the current again. Some of us have been practicing for a very long time, but maybe we're not getting as much from the practice as we think we should, or maybe we haven't changed as much as we could for the better. We may still have um, our storehouse of... um, a lot of aversion or greed or delusion. And if that is so, it's only because we haven't got to the point that we practice all the time. If we could feel like we do on retreat, about meditation as we do at home, if we could bring that mindset of how we commit ourselves to, to mindfulness on retreat, if we could bring that mindset back, back home, and if we could sustain that mindset for a long time, he says, we will see big changes. If we're always cultivating mindfulness, then the wholesome will grow. And if the wholesome grows, the unwholesome cannot but grow less. If we're practicing correctly and we're practicing continuously, the mind will change for the better towards the more wholesome. Because the mind is a conditioned process, the mind can be changed. If we feed the right conditions to the mind, then the effect will surely follow. 
ยิ่งยิ่งดามาอสาอาทุกขะซะตอตะชะนี่ลุลุเมียวดาวเวอมาจ้วนจินดีเนี่ยตั๋วนี่ตะอาทุกขะอุสาเปเนี่ยตะช
Shadow wants to know why. Why would we think that? If we can do it on retreat, we can do it at home. It's in our thoughts and our beliefs. In on retreat, we have a belief that we can do it, that we will try. But at home, what are our beliefs? How do you think, how do you approach practice when you're on retreat? On retreat, you're always thinking about how to practice. You're always remembering when you wake up that this is a day that you're going to be mindful, you go to bed with that mind, you spend the day remembering that you're trying to be mindful, you're always going to try to be mindful, and that's how we spend our days on retreat. Can we do that at home? When you go home, whose home are you going home to? My my home, our (laughs) home, your home. The idea of self is very strong when we get home. Everything, everything we see, hear, touch, and come in contact with becomes something to do with me. He says, so don't think of yourself as going home, just think of uh, going to your home. Think of yourself as just going somewhere to be. Because in the end, he says, when we pass away, when we die, um, we leave all this behind anyway. We can't take it with us. Clearly it doesn't belong. So thinking of it as my home um, gives more room for the defilements to plant themselves. So since the defilements we're going to have to face are stronger, then the practice that we need to bring to it to meet to meet these defilements, um, these unwholesome states of mind, these unskillful states of mind, um, the practice needs to be as strong. We need to build it. On retreat, we begin to get glimpses of the principles of anatta. We get glimpses of the fact that everything is conditioned. There are causes and there are effects. Things are happening just as they are. Um, And some of this understanding when we go home, we should 
challenge ourselves to see whether we're the, the understanding is still up to task. And it's not because he thinks you're not capable. It's because he knows how... It's just that we can't underestimate how capable the unwholesome states of mind can be. When those unwholesome, unwholesome states come up, when they come around, sometimes they can be really strong and our current practice might not be enough to to deal with them effectively. And if they're allowed to remain unchecked in the mind, unseen, unseen in the light of awareness, then they, they grow unknown to us. Anything that's allowed to just be, dwell in the mind uh, will grow. So we want what, we, what dwells in there to be the wholesome. Like it's when the wholesome, the power of the wholesome becomes very, when the wholesome becomes very powerful that um, it can drive out the unwholesome, but that's through the power of awareness. I don't need that. So every, every day when we um, get up in the morning, Seattle says, uh, start the day with uh, a purpose, with a commitment, an intention to live mindfully throughout the day. When we, when we go to bed, then it's good to reflect on the day and learn from the day where we are most mindful, where we are least mindful, what we need to adjust, what our weaknesses are, what our strengths are, so that we can capitalize on them. So when we've set the tone of the day right in the beginning, we've sort of cleared a path for the mind, sort of like, okay, it's going to try. Um, And then if we do that, over and over and over again, it will slowly start to seep in to our lives. And if we have got an established practice, you know, we've been doing this a long time, and we have... quite a lot of continuity in our lives, we will notice that um, 
continue to have mindfulness in our lives, we'll notice how we don't even have to wait till the end of the day. As we do things, as we do things mindfully, at the end of the activities, the mind learns from that, from that what it has done skillfully or unskillfully and made, um, dis- made plans for how to deal with it in the future. And we will still make mistakes, but we can learn from them so long as mindfulness is present. We meet the same people every day, we do the same work mostly every day, um, the same root, mostly routines. Seattle says then, at least for those, um, we should be learning how to have less and less reactions and more and more skillful responses in those daily activities. If we're always watching our minds as we interact with people, places, and situations, um, if we see how we feel, what we're thinking, our views, our ideas, slowly we begin to learn enough that we can be with these interactions, people, places, situations, and and have more wholesome responses, skillful ones, and less and less unskillful ones. With everyone we meet, including our family, if we were um, always watchful of our own mental activities, we would begin to see the ideas and views through which we operate our beliefs. And once they are seen, then we have the choice to make a change. We don't we don't have the same beliefs and attitudes towards everyone. We have, for each and every person, situation and interaction, we have different stuff come up in our minds. If our if the unwholesome responses are very, if the unwholesome reactions are very strong all the time, it's hard for wisdom to, to flower. So if we can practice to the point that we can, we have, we have more continuity of mindfulness. We know how to maintain the stability of the mind through that continuity of mindfulness. And we've learned lessons about how to do all that. Siada says, then we have sort of laid the path and the foundation for wisdom to grow. 
So the retreat is not the only place for us to um, train our minds to um, recognize the unwholesome, um, learn to be mindful and and, um, deal with the unwholesome and grow the wholesome, Siyada says. It's um, actually when we take this training back home that the results and the benefits will be much more real. Because when we have real situations and real unwholesome reactions and unwholesome volitions to work with, it takes a, a, a real practice to deal with, to, to, to be prepared to deal with it. I know my brother and I told you that we were the nine yanny. Many of you are not in this, but what about them? But what and if we practice at home and we have that, we feel that the Dharma is more and more in our lives, Yara says we will, our faith in the possibility of true liberation um, mm. will will be will There are yogis who still struggle to integrate the Dharma into their lives and have it as part of their lives. Um, know that this is just a lack of skill. It's not impossible to, to, to develop that skill. And um, all we need to do is persevere and have the right attitude. All of us know how fast the mind works, how intensely it can work. So if the awareness and samadhi are not as trained and fast and powerful as the unwholesome, then um, then we will struggle a little bit, or a lot. Mm-hmm. So we need to train the mind, train the awareness, become skillful, and we also need to be skillful at facing all the objects that the mind does, the six sense doors. We go on retreat to recharge our batteries, to train, strengthen our practice, learn more, learn, learn more, and then we go home and then we um, apply what we've learned and learn more lessons. Bouncing 
So it's like learning boxing. Um, when you're training, nobody throws you a really hard punch. But when you get in the ring, those punches are real. So you have to, to be fast and you have to be powerful when you want to throw a punch back. So it's either the unwholesome is in the corner or you are in the corner. <laughs> he says, at first you will be in the corner, never mind. Just keep punching. Just keep punching back. Just keep being mindful. And then we'll become very skillful and then we will be the champion. Mm. <laughs> if we are practicing daily, all day long, always having the intention and the commitment to try and 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 bring awareness to every part of our lives, Siyata says, it will happen. The Dhamma is the Dhamma, Siyata says. It's, it's a law, so it's very, um, it's a law of nature, so it's very just. If we look after the, the Dharma, the Dharma will look after us. If we don't look after the Dharma, the Dharma cannot look after us. And we can take heart in the fact that we, all the effort we put in, At some point, you'll find that it becomes easier. The Dharma sort of comes in, takes you by the hand, and it shows you the way. It becomes much easier. In the beginning, you have to make the effort for some length of time. Some, some yogis ask him until when they have to practice. อกุพิณีเนี่ยกิเลสอาชีเนี่ยอายังก่อนเนาะตบาวะผิดมีในจารัยมาใจดําใจดําอัตโตมิติหลุผิดเนี่ยเออกุสิกกุตริตมารีญ
when you feel like the process of mind that's going on for you is um, the opposite of the way you feel it is now. He doesn't know how long that will take. Depends on our our wisdom, our right efforts, our samadhi, our awareness, our faith. Mm. I was very confident that everybody is going to go home and continue practicing. (laughs) (laughs) And if you find that it's getting hard, you're struggling, don't worry. There's another retreat in which you can start training again. Charge your battery, go back home. Get in the ring and try again. <laughs> in the Buddha's time, there were no retreat centers. People just went to listen to Dharma talks and then they, they practiced at home. So all we need is a willing mind. And a determined one. Sika. We can't be naturally skillful at everything. You know, there will be things there will be things that we're unskillful at. We um make mistakes. Um, but Sierra says it's all part of the practice. We just keep going through them, bring the mindfulness through them and learn and learn. The chak is and he knows how we get swept into our lives because so many things in life are more pressing. Um, things in life need to be attended to. They're so important. But, but the Dharma is equally important because although it may be slow in the beginning, eventually if we give it the time, the Dharma will help us do all the things we need skillfully and easefully. What do you think is more valuable, Seattle asks? How we, how our mind is, what is this, like the state of our minds, um, or whether we get the things we need to get done, which is more important. 
that we're at. Other people are important, but so is this person. Who is more important? What do you think? Sometimes little things happen. It's not really worth very much, but we we give an inordinate amount of time and energy and an unwholesome and skill, unskillful energy to the situations or matter at hand. Sometimes it's just five dollars, but we're so upset. I don't say He says, then it's like saying our peace of mind is not worth five dollars. The unwholesome, they don't care. They just do what they want to do. The kilesas, they're ruthless. No mercy. <laughs> Not even a bit. They'll just do what they have to do. So we have to be ruthless. So And we is just a matter of speaking, is is a manner of speaking. We represents awareness, you know, sati samadhi panya, awareness, stability of mind and wisdom. The Buddha said, rely on yourself. And yourself is supposed to be a, a concept, right? A construct. So what is it that he meant when he said rely on yourself? He meant rely on the wholesome qualities in the mind. Rely on the wholesome. Cultivate those. He thinks that's enough. <laughs> okay, yeah. Sad, sad, sad. Does anybody want to ask any questions? <laughs> no. Yes. Yes.
ทันจิงทันจิงบลูเอ่ออาจารย์เป้มแล้วบ่อ๋อดาเตี้ยวเนี่ยเตี้ยวมาตูบ่ตูอลุ่มเนี่ยตูตูปูนซานเนี่ย
Another thing that we can develop is that we eventually get to the point that we are aware of the mind's attention. The mind is paying attention, the mind is being aware. And if we uh, tune in, if we can tune into that activity of mind easily, we'll also find that every time we pay attention, mindfulness comes with it. Pay attention, yes. Paying attention, looking, listening, <coughs> very similar um, postures of the mind. The, the mind is only operating through different sense doors, but the, the movement of the mind is the same way. นอกนอกไปอ่ะเดี๋ยวอายุไส้ดาวโหอภิญญาอายุไส้ดาวมีอ่ะแท้อายุไส้โลมีอ่ะตัวอภิญญาคันด้วยปัสสัยเนี่
but it'll get easier with time. And you'll notice when it's starting to become more skillful that you feel like you're not having to put so much effort to check. Um, it's becoming natural to check, much more easy that it comes in and does it. It's helpful if you have a way to remind yourself every um, couple of minutes or whatever is comfortable for you. Um, like at regular intervals, if you have a way of reminding yourself to check in on yourself. Oh, am I still mindful? How do I feel? How, what am I thinking? I'm doing this work. What am I aware of? If you have that sort of a way to um, do that, you'll also find that that structure helps um, it to settle in slowly over time. Mm-hmm. <coughs> yes? And practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> planning is a good So, how to plan mindfully? So if we become skillful at recognizing the mind is thinking, the mind can plan and you are knowing that the mind is planning. Um, It's not only the body that's in the present moment. Everything the mind does is also being done in the present moment. You can know that the mind is planning. That's helpful. You can't focus on it very hard. You know, you can't sort of look at it the way you look at uh, something in the body because that, then you might find that it, you can't think to plan. Um, so you have to have a more gentle awareness and allow the mind to plan. Just know that you're in touch with it. The planning does its work and the awareness does its work. That's why we have to uh, practice so much to learn to watch thoughts objectively, our thinking mind objectively. We also have to become very skillful at knowing how to um, how to observe unpleasant sensations and feelings um, without getting aversive towards it, that we um, understand enough that we we can know 
things that are unpleasant in our lives because we'll have so much um, that we can watch them in an equanimous way. Not by trying to be equanimous, but by learning. Yeah. So we do need to plan. Um, even for meditation, he recommends that we think about it, right? And know what to do. So we do need to plan and analyze, but you can know that you are planning. And ideally, we would be planning with uh, in with a wholesome state of mind, in a wholesome state of mind. We'd be planning uh, without anxiety or greed or hurry uh, or stress. That we'd be uh, planning be- because we know how to and we do it peacefully. Mm-hmm. Yep. ตัวเปียวเนี่ยอตวีอุติยาราอืมอตวีอุติยาราอายุเปลี่ยนเนี่ยตีราตัวอตวีอุติไล่อตวีอ่ะเปลี่ยวบ่าเลยเลยไอ
and you feel like there are two trains moving together. One is thinking and one is being aware. So if we don't focus too hard, we can see it that way. Yeah, and so the skill is learning to to see that thinking mind as an object. And when the mind recognizes that, when it sees that, when it understands that, the mind will be able to see it. To, to, to observe thinking mind. Sometimes yogis come to see him, he says, and they ask him, Shadow, this um, being aware and thinking at the same time, can you teach us how to do that? <laughs> they say to him. The little is saying, our energy is so, so little. The only better. Yeah. Remember that we don't need a whole lot of energy to be mindful in any moment. Um, so we don't need to put a lot of focus or um, that sort of power into the moment. We want to gain this, the strength of continuity. There was a yogi who always was confused when Siado talked about uh, knowing the thoughts. And one day Siado said to him, can't you hear your thoughts? He was like, yeah. He was like, yeah, so know, know what you're hearing in your thoughts. And then the yogi got it. So there's different ways that we can know our thoughts. Our thoughts are always talking to us. All sorts of dialogues and monologues, he said. Yeah, we do know the mind. We, we, we see it in action so much. We just need to recognize that we are knowing the mind, you know. We know when, you know, minds, things start bubbling up in the mind. We know when the mind is planning and doing things. We, we do know. Often we are already aware of our thoughts. Um, and then we, we think I have to be mindful. But we are already aware of our thoughts and we think we have to be mindful and we pay attention and that stops the thought. But actually, before that was enough. Because there is awareness of the thoughts. 
So Seattle says that's why Vipassana is just about knowing what's happening. If we know, that's enough. Sometimes I hear people say that Saida's teaching mindfulness of mind, the third Satipatthana. Chitta Nupasana. I think I've heard Saida uh, say he actually teaches all of them. The question is, um, some people say that Syaro is teaching Chitta Nupasana, but Syaro always says himself that he is actually teaching all four Satipatthanas, all four foundations of mindfulness. We see from our own practice that we're watching the foundation of the body, we're watching our feelings, we're watching things happening in the mind, we're also learning to recognize the nature of things. So that's all four foundations of mindfulness. Um, but the reason that some people feel like um, Syadra's teaching Chitta Nupasana is because Syadra talks so much about the mind because the mind is involved in everything. It is the condition for so many things to arise. Um, and then he talks so much about noticing how the mind is being aware, how the mind is working, how, what attitude is in the mind. He talks so much about the mind so that we understand our practice, which is being done by the mind. And that's why people feel like Syadra is teaching Chitta Nupasana. Now the He talks so much about the mind because we use the mind to practice. So if we did not understand the mind, we would not become skillful at using the mind to practice. So so it can feel like he's talking about the mind a heck of a lot. He said something in Pali. I'll just ask him, Bale. Atapi. Pajano. Satima. So that's something in the Satipatthana Sutta. It talks about. Um, um, and those three words refer to um, right effort, virya, and wisdom, and um, sati. And um, Sadhu says all of these happen in the mind that's meditating. So if we don't talk about the mind that's meditating, then, you know, how do we meditate? It's not about what we observe, it's how we observe. Yeah, and since we're learning to recognize these qualities at work, these functions at work, we can't not know 
or not recognize the mind at work. So then again, it feels like there's a lot of chitta-nupasana going on. Or seems like. Mm. Mm. Yes. Hmm? Piora can enjoy enjoyment be a wholesome state. Piora kudo pinai lare. Pinai ma. Yes. Kudo ma in piola ame. Piti so rashi. Because when there is. Kudo ma in piola. When it is wholesome in the mind, the mind feels joy. Right? Piti is a wholesome state of mind. That's joy. Lower piore, atuara piore. We're happy to practice, happy to do what's wholesome. Atochine. You want to practice, you want to do service, you want to be generous, you feel good about it. That's wholesome. Of course it feels good. That's greed, that's attachment. Greed is an unwholesome state of mind and greed comes with its attendant grasping and you know all of its its, uh, work Um, Sierra says when something is unwholesome it is um, energy draining for the mind whereas when it's something wholesome it actually uh, brightens the energy of the mind and makes the mind lighter and more energized so that's how you can tell. That's all? Time to go home. <laughs> now you're going to go on stage, the other side. Yeah, on, at home. You're going to meet your opponents, the real ones. <laughs> May the beneficial results of our practice together this time, this two weeks, may this be offered to support the welfare, the happiness, the liberation, the freedom of all beings everywhere.
And just a reminder about shaking out the zabutons and stacking them and the zafus in the... In the Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.